Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply This is Football Social Daily, Premier League podcast. The three Lions remain unbeaten in Euro 2024 qualifying, but is Gareth Southgate suffocating England's spark? Are the promising attacking players being held back under his leadership? Kyle Walker certainly hasn't been held back. If anything, we've got Southgate to thank for stopping the Man City man from retiring from international football. Elsewhere, Manchester United have granted Anthony a leave of absence after serious allegations. More trouble at Old Trafford, both on and off the pitch. This is Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast. My name's Niall and I'm joined in the studio today, as ever, by Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson. Hello, lads. Good morning. We're in that weird middle ground in terms of weather where you don't know whether to wear a shirt because it's going to chuck it down an hour later or whether to wear a coat and then you're going to get stuffy and hot. Yeah. I had to walk to the train station this morning and Kelly stuck the car to Scotland. Um, so I was having to walk half a mile to the train station this morning. I had to pack a, pack a separate shirt. So I mean, you have to pack an overnight bag just to go to work. Yeah. You've made that sound like a real ordeal, walking half ordeal. a mile to the train <laughs> no, station. I was trying to calculate in my mind, what's the issue with this? It is an ordeal. It's a, re- it's a proper ordeal because we don't need to be here. We can record <laughs> from anywhere. I know. I've Everyone's got, got their own Canada. problems in life, mate. I've got a friend in Canada in Toronto who like, has to commute a good hour in and major city traffic and Marley's uh, complaining about half a mile. Yeah, but they live in Toronto and I was walking into Hyde. It's a very different <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's quite funny, actually, because you hear North Americans, whenever they speak to a British person, they're like, oh, are you from London or you live near London? I'm like, listen, mate, compared to your country, everyone lives near London. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, bo- it's like it's a like, small state. Oh, I yeah. live four hours outside of New York. It's I like, s- well, <laughs> you're seen, basically in another country by the I've time you come here. I've seen someone on, on uh, Twitter the other day. It was an American, just like, and they were going to just casually drive from um, Edinburgh to London. And they were like, oh, it's only six hours, you know, and like Texas to the next state is six hours. So they Texas were like, yeah, to the other right. side of Texas, Texas is six yeah. hours. Yeah. That's what I mean. So there's the, like, Americans are so accustomed to driving like long yeah. distances, especially because all the roads are quite straight as well. And so all the, all the British people were just 
responding like, you have no idea, idea what hell you're about we to spend. We took like three hours of driving, let it's alone It's probably like cheaper hours. to drive from Edinburgh to London than it is to get the train, definitely, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you can tell it's the international break because we're talking about <laughs> the Absolute weather, nothingness. America, <laughs> transport, all the other boring stuff that you normally hear on local radio. Potholes need fixing in the road. Get in touch with us, let us know. Um, but we are going to talk about some of the latest Premier League news, including Anthony being given a leave of absence by Manchester United, and of course the England game with Ukraine at the weekend. But first, we've had our own little international break recently, haven't we? I've been to Ireland, Marley, you went to Greece, yep. and you went away as well, Joel, didn't you? Yeah, I was in Italy, Florence, beautiful by the way. Where Marley got engaged, as we always hear. Every time we reference Florence, we have to say that's where Marley got engaged. I mean, you don't need to, but it is It, <laughs> it is seems true. to come no, up now, every time now you anyway. bring it up. Yeah. What's Premier League coverage like over there? Well, it's only Serie A. Couldn't get any Premier League coverage at all. Missed the Manchester United game. As a Manchester United fan, you know how I'm going to feel about that. Well, I didn't have that problem in Ireland because I've got NordVPN and I just changed my location back to the UK and I was able to watch Match of the Day. I was able to watch the Premier League highlights. I was even able to watch the Manchester United game, which you didn't get to watch. It's easy to set up? Yeah, it's really easy to set up, actually. You just need to go to nordvpn.com forward slash FSD and they'll give you a huge discount off of the plan. That's what I did. Four additional months for free and it's risk-free as well with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So I didn't have to worry about any of those geo-blocking problems when I was overseas. And you won't now. So you can avoid having what Joel had on holiday by going to the website nordvpn.com forward slash FSD and they'll give you a great deal. Four months off nordvpn.com forward slash FSD. Right, let's talk about the international football rather than where we were on our travels and that involves England's game with Ukraine in Euro qualifying. At the weekend, they're in Poland for the match and it was a 1-1 draw. Brings to an end a run of four straight wins in qualifying for Gareth Southgate's side. It seemed like Ukraine were much happier with the draw than England. But when I turned the game on, Mali, the first thing I saw, 85 minutes on the clock because I was out for the day, came back in, turned the TV on. Harry Maguire was getting a yellow card. The score was 1-1 and I was just thinking, why not go for the win? And the next action was Gareth Southgate taking Bukayo Saka off and bringing Conor Gallagher on. And it seemed to me like he was trying to hold out for a 1-1 draw in qualifying with England having already won four of their opening matches. Can you see why people get frustrated with Gareth Southgate? Because I was. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, if I ever find someone that loves me as much as Conor Gallagher is loved by Gareth Southgate, <laughs> I think I think you're doing well in life, to be honest, because I'm not saying he's a bad player. He is, he's a decent player, but he's he's decent. That's it. Like, Think about the players sort of England have uh, at their disposal and you're thinking of Rashford and Foden and um, you've got obviously Saka, you've got Grealish and whatever. Um, I know Grealish pulled out the, the squad, so that's a bad sort of one to throw in there. But there's plenty of options. And I think with with international football, you're never going to please everyone all of the time. By any means, you're never, ever going to do that. But I just think the um, the type of player he's sort of bringing on, you know, he's he's put Foden and Rashford on and then, you know, he's leaving. He's, Saka for Gallagher's a strange one. Eze and people like that on the bench left left there I just think you, you can do better than, than that um, even throwing Callum Wilson on and putting an extra mm. centre forward or even Eddie Nketiah if you want to take away the um, the Newcastle bias that I've just had there but you can <laughs> stick stick Nketiah on if uh, if he's available um, but I don't think he made the squad for the Ukraine game actually but yeah Wilson's there you know if you want a goal 
if you want to go and try and win it, you've got to go and try and win it against Ukraine. Yeah, you're yeah. going to qualify anyway. You might as well try and beat That's them. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Gareth Southgate obviously was a centre-back, Joel, in his playing days. So do you think that naturally just makes him cautious as a manager? His approach is defensive just through osmosis, I guess, of what he's been used to as a player. Yeah, I guess so. I think with qualifiers, there's no real need to get you know, jerky with results because like you've both mentioned, the group's pretty much under control. It's not like 2008 under McLaren when it went down to the final day against Croatia. Wally with the brolly. Gosh, but that was bad times that wasn't it. But like I said, with this England team, even when it goes to the World Cup or with the Euros, it's always a little bit more risk avoidant. Even against the big games against France in the World Cup. Honestly, I think we had the players to go and really give them a game and it just felt a little bit turgid and very very cautious Gareth Southgate has always been very very risk avoiding in every single one of his games so I think that's his almost natural port of call whenever a game starts to feel like it could go off into the other team's favour but I just want to give a special shout out to Kane during that match. He was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if anyone's seen the the Walker goal, the p- he literally picks it up from <laughs> the about the half. Is disgusting. He, he, good, he picks it? it up from the halfway line, just bides his time, and then just arrows the most perfect diagonal pass straight into Walker's path, who just uh, puts it away. But Kane is just every time I watch him play, it just it kills me a little softly inside because he could have been in a red shirt last in this summer. Really. <laughs> well, do you know what I think is interesting is. People are saying Harry Kane's 30 now and he had to make that move to Bayern Munich because it was kind of the last big move and a big chance to try and win a trophy in his career. But the benefit of international football is you bring that experience, but also the pace of international football is slower. So there's no reason why Harry Kane couldn't play a role for England well into his 30s, perhaps even after his best club form has gone. I'm thinking someone like Andrea Pirlo, who was so good for Italy, even when maybe he was on the slight decline for his club side. I don't agree with it. The only reason why is because I've seen it with Rooney. Him and Kane, very identical in terms of their passing ability, where they were both incredible. But I feel like when you start off as a striker and you start declining into the positions, I just think it's very different. So you name Perlo, he was always maybe more of an advanced centre mid in his heyday and then started to retreat as a defensive midfielder. But he's always had the brain of a midfielder. Whereas I feel like with Kane, if he started to go into an attacking midfield position, don't get me wrong, he drifts in there, but his first port of call is I'm a striker, I'm going to be in the box. And I just don't think it works for strikers. I feel like once your legs have gone in that position, it's kind of time to sit back and decline. But not even in international football where the pace is slower, like I say. So he can be slightly more leggy, I suppose, and sit on the the shoulder of the last defender and still have an impact potential as long as he's playing in striker but like Marley's mentioned at the start England have got so many riches in terms of players coming up in that position I mean Mason Mount he could end up having a really good season he plays in that position Jack Grealish can easily come in that position there's just so many options coming through Phil Foden I mean I personally believe his best position is an attacking midfielder so while Kane's still standing and he's still got legs, and I, I, I still think he's going to be great up until he's like 35, 36. I think he's going to, he seems like a top professional. Well, Rooney was long done by then. Yeah. Is he, is he only 36 now, Wayne Rooney, or something like that? Yeah, I think he retired at what, 30, 33, 34? He was in the USA by that time anyway. I feel like with Kane, he's going to go on until he's 35, 36, similar to Kareem Benzema, be a pivotal part of that buying side. But. I'm just glad that this England team now has got such a dynamic group of players who are in different countries now. So you've had Jude Bellingham, who's gone to Real Madrid. Kane's gone to uh, Bayern. You've had Declan Rice now go to Arsenal. 
gone up a, a different mm. tier. You've got really good depth of different players in different countries, which never usually was the case. Do you not think that could have been a hindrance to Gareth Southgate, though? Because during the Euros last time, in 2021, there was pretty much a solid core of Premier League players. But there was a lot of moves, like Sterling, for example, has gone to Chelsea. And although he started this season quite well, it's not really happened for him since his move from Manchester City to Stamford Bridge. He's not really getting as many games for England, whereas under Southgate, in the success that England have had in tournaments, South, uh, Sterling's been a really influential player. So I guess he can work both ways. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he also has his favourites as well. I, I can't. I, can any of you decipher his criteria for who can be selected? Because he started Jordan Henderson, who's in Saudi. No. Yeah, Raheem Sterling can't get selected and he started well for Chelsea. Yeah, Bellingham coming off after 65 was, was almost a... Just a crime, basically. He's the best like, at England he, midfielder. I don't know. Was he injured? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't watch the the full game. I watched the highlights, and that was it. Which is about where my interest with England is in in qualifying campaigns. But coming off after sixty five minutes, you know, you leave Henderson and Rice on, um, and then you you know you bring Rashford on for him instead, and it's like I still think you need that creativity from midfield. Mm. Foden comes on as well, which is which is fine. But yeah, I think. Um, putting another striker on in that position. I think I think if you play Wilson or Anketia with Kane, they don't make the same runs. Kane comes to the ball and Wilson goes the other side. So does Anketia. He's a poacher, Anketia. Mm. He don't want to leave the 18-yard box unless he has to. Yeah. Kane will actively go and look for the ball, as you've seen with the, the Walker goal. You know, talk about Perlo before. It was a Perlo-style pass. He picked it up <laughs> oh, from midfield. Awesome. And the way he bent that in for, for Kyle Walker. Mm. And even Kyle Walker's movement, like to know that Kane can pick you out with that that um that type of pass, the confidence you have to have to make that run in the player playing the pass is is insane. Well let's talk about Kyle Walker, that goal, the only England goal of the game, and his first in seventy seven England caps since two thousand and eleven. And it was revealed by Gareth Southgate that actually he's had to talk Kyle Walker out of retirement a couple of times. Kyle Walker was keen to retire from England duty after the 2018 World Cup and I think after the last Euros as well. And Southgate's had to put his arm around him and say, no, we need you. We need you to stay. Interesting that Pep Guardiola said something similar about Walker, who's 33 now. And after City won the treble last season, there was lots of rumours about him departing. I think Bayern Munich were one of the clubs that were heavily linked. But yeah, he's still at Manchester City. He's still playing for England. Is he probably the best right back England have ever had? What do you think? I was going to say something similar. I think, I think this summer was big for Kyle Walker because he, I think he feels like he's a little bit underrated, um, and sometimes he doesn't get the props he deserves. Um, a lot of people talk about him and they talk about his pace, and obviously his pace is a big part of the game. But he's more than just pace. He's, he's a complete defender who happens to have pace. And even at thirty three, there was a time in the game where Mudrick, who is ten or eleven years younger than him pushed the ball past him from he probably had two yards on him and two yards with two when two fast guys are racing two yards is everything um and he he pushed it to the byline and walker at 33 was just lightning quick and just went cafu-esque yeah he just went shoulder to shoulder with him and he just seen it out for a goal kick and it's like that that level of acceleration is staggering I think it's like just jumping on what you just said about him being a bit underrated. I feel like he needed this summer for people to appreciate him because he was having a battle of two buying huge club, Manchester mm. City. I think before buying came into 
to be interested in him. I don't think they valued him as much. It's almost like, you know, if you like a girl and then this big guy comes in and says, oh, actually, I like her as well. And suddenly you want to, you really want to try. <laughs> it's literally like that way. It's almost like City were thinking he's good. I don't know if we want to give well, him like a two, three I year contract. I think they do value him because like I said a few weeks ago, when Pep Guardiola was first installed as manager of Manchester City, Kyle Walker was on his list and he's been there ever since. And through all of the success under the Pep Guardiola years at Manchester City, Walker has been there from the very beginning. It's the true. The very beginning. So is Kevin De Bruyne, but Aguero's come and gone. Fernandinho's come and gone. Gundogan, Vincent Company has come yeah. and gone. Gundogan has come and gone. Walker is still there. And he's 33 and he's still performing. It's true. And it's funny how last season when Rico Lewis was coming into the team and he almost benched him for a, like a, a month. Yeah, a little period, yeah, yeah. And everyone was thinking, is this the end of Walker under Pep? And then Pep suddenly realised I can't rely on Rico Lewis because he's only a kid still. And mm. Walker's such a specialist in that position in terms of knowing Guardiola's yeah. system and how he wants to play. Lewis has got that yeah. sort of added thing of Lewis. I think Pep sees Rico Lewis as like a... A gimmick, you know, like playing that weird sort of hybrid, inverted, yeah. inverted, inverted style. Whereas Walker's like, Walker's I'll cover more that, I'll conventional, cover that whole isn't he? Yeah. Wing but in that's no the time. thing; it's so the pace that Walker has got, and he's just so athletic, naturally an athlete. I mean, he could have been a sprinter, couldn't he? Really, when you look at the yeah, sort yeah. of build that he's got, you think so. And the moment against Ukraine when Mudrik was breaking away down the left, and Walker just. He comes into shot in the blink of an eye. You think that Mudrick's yeah. through and then yeah. all of a sudden there he is. He just appears. It's well, just if, if you think unbelievable. About, if you think about some of the wingers that Walker's faced and what they've said about him, I Vinic- mean, I remember Vinicius, Vinicius Jr. Season, yeah. Yeah. Them yeah. two, I remember when they embraced after the game because they were, mm. I think Vinicius realised that was a good battle against a really good right back. Rashford yeah, yeah. in interviews always said, Kyle Walker's one of the hardest defenders I've played against. Yeah, yeah. Because not only is he very tall and very strong, but he matches it with his speed. Mm. And I can't think of much better qualities in a right back mm. than having a tall, super fast right back. It's just impossible to get around, isn't it? But I think would you would you guys say go as far as saying that he's top two, top three Premier League right backs of all time? Yeah. Top two. Yeah, yeah uh, top three, so. definitely. I'd probably say him, Gary Neville and Maybe Zabaleta. I don't even think I put Zabaleta in. I think Walker's better than Zabaleta. Yeah. I I think, yeah, I mean... He's 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 definitely up there. He's He's up up there with Gary Neville, isn't he? Uh, For England, definitely. And he's 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 won that, seems to have won that four-way battle of him, Trippier, James, Rhys James and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Good competition there as well. Flipping hell. I think even when Rhys James is fit, I still go Walker. I just think Walker provides so many more solutions to a team than Reece and James and does. defensively as well. Yeah, he's, he's ridiculous. exactly what Southgate would want. More defensively minded. Uh, what a player he's been for England and scored his first goal for them against Ukraine at the weekend. Next, though, we're going to talk about another type of wide player. This time, Anthony, who's been given leave of absence by Manchester United, has been allegations of abuse against the Brazilian. And Manchester United have made the decision to give him some time away from Old Trafford. We'll talk about it next on Football Social Daily. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. This is FSD, your award-winning Premier League podcast. Manchester United have been in the news, perhaps unwantedly, quite a fair bit over the last few weeks. And they're in the news again today as they've given a leave of absence to their winger, Anthony, amidst allegations made against him. The decision was made to give him some time away to avoid distractions for both himself and his teammates. But United say they recognise that these are serious allegations. So this isn't a suspension by Manchester United like what we saw with Mason Greenwood. He says he welcomes the time away so he's able to address the allegations but United have acted much more swiftly in this scenario than they did with the previous issues with Mason Greenwood, Joel, which I guess is a positive. Yeah, I've had enough, honestly. It feels like at United, in the last year or so, it's more talk of things happening off the field than on the field, and it's just, as a fan, it's exhausting. I've been speaking to a lot of United fans recently, and everyone's just in the same kind of sentiment that it needs a complete cultural shift. You know, when it comes from the, in any business, a culture comes from the above, it's set always from the above and then it trickles down. And I feel like with United, you need to kind of almost take the snake at the head and completely clear out all the execs, get the ownership into a new, fresh perspective and let's start again under real leadership. Because at the moment, I agree, it's probably the right thing to do to let Anthony have a period of leave. He's not been suspended because obviously he's not been charged. But to have a period of leave just to get away from the club and just not focus all the attention on this again. Just when the Mason Greenwood situation finished, suddenly it's the, not an identical situation, but a person who's in trouble with the law. Why is it always the case every single time? I'm not saying it's the Glazers' fault that that's happened, but it's just the manner in which it's been dealt with previously and how it just continues to happen. I'm just It, it's, it leaves such a sour taste. But it's it. I mean, when you look at Ten Hag... And what he's had to do in his first year, I mean, not not to mention how difficult it's been on the pitch, but when you think back to having to deal with the Ronaldo situation, deal with the Maguire situation, Greenwood situation, David De Gea situation, um, the start last season against Brem- uh, Brentford and all these different scenarios that have come around. I mean, he's really earned his salary this last year. But for me and a lot of United fans, we are really just over how... I don't know whether social media plays a role because we're getting instant time updates, mm. but I just hate this huge... It's not, it, Football feels like a soap opera these days. I just want to watch the football and really don't give a toss about yeah. all this off-field stuff. It's nonsense. I, I know what you're saying, but also you do need to acknowledge that these are serious allegations about an individual who represents the football club. And 
I think that it would be nice for us all to focus just on the football, but also it would be very short-sighted of us to do that as well. I think we do need to talk about these problems and these issues. I mean, from a managerial perspective, you spoke about Eric Ten Hag there. Last season, Ralph Rangnick was the interim manager of Manchester United and he came in and he said, the club needs surgery at the open heart. That was a quote he used. Now, all of the frustrations that Joel's just voiced there, Marley, you can almost rewind it and link it back to what Ralph Rangnick was saying. He came into the club and was rubbish in terms of how he managed the players and the result and the season that they had where they limped to their worst ever Premier League finish. But in terms of what he recognised from his position at that point, he made it quite clear and wasn't shy in the press to say, this is a football club that has issues that need resolving behind the scenes. Yeah, and he he said that and you've got to trust what a man that experienced that's been around the game in various roles, pretty much every role you can hold, coach, manager, director of football, you've got to respect what he says. And I feel like when when he was manager of Man United, number one, he should never have been manager because he shouldn't, he's not a manager. He's not a, a guy who coaches every day and looks for a result on the weekend. He, he was much more in the stage of his career of managing either internationally, like sporadically type of, type of thing, or managing managing the manager from above and talent recognition and scouting and things like that. So he should never have been Man United manager, but then the the manager and his results then clouds fans' opinions of what he's like because he's saying, like, look, this club is a mess. And Man United fans are going, well, oh, well, we're not very good on the pitch, so I'm not going to trust what he says because he's leading us to this defeat and that defeat and we might not get in the Champions League because of him. And they're almost like tarnished is is his words because because he wasn't getting the results on the pitch it doesn't matter whether he was getting results on the pitch because he's seeing the problems and he's saying like this this place is a bin fire of a club there's no uh investment there's no strategy there's no one in in your footballing key positions of off the field and in the boardroom um and your scouting and your your negotiations and everything like that it's all up the wall it's just it's everywhere and Rangnick's probably saying, I think originally, didn't he sign a deal to go to manage for a little bit and then move up, move Yeah, that upstairs? was the view until he said what he said and basically broke ties because exactly. he said what the truth hurts, doesn't it? Mm. He yeah, said yeah. what needed to be He was originally said. supposed to yeah. move into a consultancy role. For yeah. two years and, following it and mm. it didn't happen. They have a, a way of being He's, straight to the point, yeah. Germans. It's one of the things you know if you, if you sort of talk to a German person, they won't cut around the... You know, beat around the bush. They'll cut straight to the to the chase and be like, "Look, this is crap. I'll sort it out. I'll help you. I'll sort it out." But instead, Man United just turned on him. And as soon as he started saying, "There's a problem here. There's a problem there," instead of going, "All right, Ralph, you've been in the game fifty years, and I've been, you know, John Murtagh or whoever was in charge," just went, "Oh God, he's hammered us." Then ha- his ego, yeah, just big time. instead of shutting him out, reach out to him, and say, "Right, Ralph, how how in your vast experience can we?" Can we um, mm. sort this situation? But also, did it get to a point where the performances were so bad on the pitch that it looked almost a bad move as well to move him upstairs? It might have, but it shouldn't have. Mm. It's because they're two two completely different roles. Like, if I'm a mechanic, I can fix cars. I can't sell cars. Yeah. I fix the cars and I give them to the salesman. Mm. Whereas, like, he was, you know, one guy yeah, who yeah. he sits above and he sees the bigger picture and he goes, we need work there, we need yeah. work there. Well, that's consultancy. That's, in a nutshell, what consultancy is. Exactly. It's advice being given by someone who knows the field and is experienced but, in the area. But Man United just do do seem like a club who just will not 
be open to, it's a boy, to any it's a advice. Club. If you look in the last 10 years, there's been very few external hires in the boardroom. Mm. It's all been internal. So, for example, John Murta, internal. Um, Matt Ar- Richard Arnold, internal, when mm. Ed Woodward left. They're, they're not open to bringing in new people into this Yeah, because this the, new peop- the new people will come in and go... Tell them what they don't you want to do see. You do what? Yeah, exactly. You, do, you, you run negotiations how? You signed, what, what was it, 805 right-backs they, they once said they... Scouted. Scouted and ended up with Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who anyone with the, the blessed um, version of the site could know he can't cross. He's not an attacking right-back. <laughs> For a club who has 65% possession, you need a guy who can cross a ball. You end up with Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who's only any good when he's got a winger ahead of him and he can slide tackle him. Mm. But he doesn't have a winger ahead of him at the moment because Anthony is not returning to the club until these allegations of assault have been addressed. As much as we shouldn't take these incidents as a collective because they are all individual, it's another Manchester United scandal, it's another Manchester United statement. The words that Manchester United have used is that they've given Anthony a leave of absence to avoid distraction. And Is that the key? Distraction. Because the Maguire thing in Greece couple of seasons ago that was a distraction the Greenwood thing recently has been a huge distraction all people have been talking about is that and not so much what Manchester United have done on the pitch and although they've moved much faster in this Anthony situation they've released a statement they've made a decision on what they think should happen in terms of the next steps as this is dealt with that is also a distraction is it not and that can't be easy for anyone inside the club let alone players managers staff anyone that's what creates a toxic culture and it's an issue but with Anthony, the only issue he has is that playing for Manchester United, you're always going to have attention regardless. doesn't matter if United announced he was away from the club in one month, six months, one year. Regardless, the attention is always going to be 10 times higher than it is anywhere else in any club, probably bar Real Madrid, let's say. So that's the only issue I have with it. And it, it, it just comes down to just a whole lot of real bad mismanagement. And Anthony, as it stands, is innocent. He's only had allegations, so I don't want to comment and say, oh, it always seems to be the case at United. Mm. But like you say, you can't ignore the fact that, again, it's another scenario that Ten Hag's had to deal with where through his season, he's had one of his star players taken away from him um, and he's got to kind of trudge on in the season. And the funny thing is, Jaden Sancho is also in a little bit of conflict with Ten Hag. Yep. If only he would have waited 24 hours. Because he would have been the first choice right winger. Who knows what's going to happen with that now? Well, I forgot about the Sancho thing. In and amidst all of the things I was discussing a minute ago, I totally forgot that we spoke about Jaden Sancho last week because he released a message on his social media one apparently hitting another. out at Ten Hag. Yeah, it does seem like it's one thing after another at the moment for Man United. When it rains, it pours and all that. But in terms of on the pitch, what does Eric Ten Hag do? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mason Mount is a right winger, maybe. I don't know. They've, uh, who've they got at the minute? Just Rashford on that left wing. Rashford and, and Garnacho. Garnacho. Garnacho, yeah. And then Pellistri and Sancho on the other side. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. It'll probably be Bruno. He'll put Bruno on the right wing. It's been tried, yeah. badly tested. It doesn't work. If Anthony gets found guilty of this, he's done. And that's another 80 million plus asset off the books. So you've almost lost about 200 million in assets in two years in the same position. The Glazers cannot afford to stay because next year, let's say it happens hypothetically that he's banned. Ten Hag is going to say, I need another right winger. How much is that going to cost? 80 to 100 million. 
it's not sustainable anymore. We we genuinely the glazers cannot stay anymore. It's just so expensive to stay. It's really difficult now. That's a really good point. Really, really good point. And I'm sure that this story will gather more traction as it progresses. But as we stand here on FSD today, Anthony has been given a leave of absence by Man United. We don't know when he will return. Okay, well, that's it for today's Football Social Daily. Nice one, Marley. Nice one, Joel. And thanks to you for listening as well. If you like what you hear, why not leave us a review and get in touch with us on social media at FSD Pod. If there's anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, that's a good place to get in touch. And as I say, if you hit subscribe, that's the best way to be notified when a new episode is released. We've not been quite as regular with the upload schedule. So if you hit subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast platform, that way you will not miss one. You'll be notified when the next episode is released. But that is it from us for now. We'll catch you on the next podcast whenever that might be. See you again on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.